Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Amy from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question came from Instagram. We're on Instagram at What Fresh Hell Cast. And we got a direct message from a listener who wrote in to say, What do you do? When another parent wants to set up a play date with your kid, but you know your kid doesn't want to play with them. Nothing harmful in the past. It's just kids who knew each other, but don't have anything in common anymore. It seems rude to say my kid doesn't want to, but my kid doesn't want to. And making scheduling excuses only goes so far. Oh, I have been on both sides of this. I think most parents have, right? I have definitely had the kid who wanted to be included and was not being included. And I've definitely had the kid like, oh, he's so annoying. What are we talking The thing that stands out to me here is the nothing harmful in the past that you say. That is the big exception. If your kid really doesn't want to spend time with somebody, is tearful, even if you get just the feeling something is up and your kid's resistance to spending time with another kid seems, you know, weirdly high and maybe there's a little panic involved, obviously honor that. But if your kid is just, you know, saying we don't really have anything in common anymore, that seems like a lot softer to me. And I would argue that there are life lessons to be gained by being nice and giving someone your time. Your kid and this other kid don't have to be best friends. They can do this once. I'm making an assumption here that it isn't like they live next door and if they play once, they're going to be playing every day. It's a little tricky. But I'm also assuming this is a case where you like the parent and you like the kid well enough. This is why you're having sort of mixed feelings about it. If that's the case, think of it this way. Heaven knows you have spent many hours standing around at some birthday party trying to talk to the most boring person in the world while your kid is in a jumpy castle for two hours having the time of her life. I feel like turnabout is fair play and everybody needs to once in a while spend time with somebody who isn't their favorite person in the world and learn to get along. I think what would make this much easier is to have that secondary activity or a group activity. Hey, we'd love to have dinner at the park, and why don't we ask Jenny and Landon to enjoy us as well? There's sort of safety in numbers, and it softens the we don't have anything in common. You could maybe go to the zoo, and then your kid and this kid are walking around having fun, and you're talking to the parent. I'm not saying you have to make it like the most exciting wonderland that's ever happened, but having something to do or to play takes care of the we don't have anything in common. When one of my kids was pretty young, three or four, there was a child that my kid wanted to play with, and I tried to set up a play date once 
or twice. Um, and then got the uh, blow off over the phone from the other mother that that's not going to happen. My child doesn't want to play. I mean, I can remember this so clearly because I felt like I'd never been so dissed, even though it was really about my kid. And the message got across very clearly. So at least she didn't hem and haw and not return 18 emails. Or I, I guess it's better for that. But she didn't want to engage on why it was. And I think that's why I still think about it. This mom and I weren't really friends. They moved away not even that long afterwards. So I think that was why it was easier for her to say, no, my kid isn't interested. I think in all cases, I'd find it a little harder to say than she did. And she didn't owe me an explanation, but I was left wondering if my kid had done something and kind of really wanting to know since she seemed to be so certain that like absolutely this wasn't going to happen. In that case, if there's a reason your kid doesn't want to play and you think the other parent would want to know, if you think you would want to know if you were in their shoes, then I think you do say something. But again, that depends on how well you would know the other parent and how much time your kid is going to be spending with this kid. You also don't say how old your child is. And I do think there's an expiration date on this. By the time my kids were 12 or 13, they were sorting their own play dates. Of course, they weren't calling them that. They just weren't making their own plans. And I was out of the picture, which also makes it easier. But I guess after all of this, if I would say, if this kid isn't a nightmare, just maybe a little boring, then get together once. Your kid can include the kid in a larger group activity, or you can do something with a group. You can find something that will be easy and fun, and they will have something in common, which is that secondary activity. Because your kid might come out of that saying, oh, he's nice now. Or maybe the other kid will tell her mom, eh, I don't know, we don't really have anything in common anymore. You can't force constant ongoing friendships on your kids, and you don't have to because the way the kids interrelate and who they are changes. But I think there are life lessons here that are worth learning, again, if the kid isn't that bad, because sooner or later, everybody's kid ends up on the other side of this, so explain that to your kid, that one day your kid might be the new kid at camp, the new kid in the classroom. And for that moment, they can consider this a good karma building exercise. Send us your parenting questions and we might answer yours next. Questions at whatfreshoutpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, 
who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking